This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. On Broadcast, we are launching a brand new course on multicultural church planting. And in this podcast, we're bringing you the course launch conversation that I had with Tony Thompson, uh, talking about what's the heart behind the course, what some of the content will be. The the course is uh, now available on the Broadcast website, that's the broadcastnetwork.org, as well as lots of other courses and resources. So here is my conversation with Tony Thompson. Yeah, Tony, it's great to welcome you with us this afternoon. Um, Tony, why don't, before we get into um, stuff about the course and about multicultural, just why don't you just um, add to the bio that I've given, tell us a little bit about who you are, what are some of the things that, that you're involved with, and just introduce us to yourself. Oh, thank you. Well, I, Tony, I, as you say, I, I leave the church in Luton, which is my hometown, uh, but I uh, left to go to university, which is where I became a Christian, and I had a roundabout route to come back when I started the the church, and uh, in in I, I've learned a lot, and so uh, and which had led into this course and these thoughts really. So so one uh, coming from an unchurched background uh, and as really a working class background at that, uh, I've always found. Uh, the, the challenge of fitting into sort of standard white middle class church and and even at one stage there was uh, it was talked about being too rough around the edges to lead a, a, a church uh, which I realize now is just the fact that I didn't meet the the standard uh, model that people had but felt God was calling me into church planting and so planted a church in St Neots and trained and encouraged others in church planting and planted again into Luton. But Luton's very different in terms of being very multicultural. Uh, it's changed over the 20 years, but it's always been multicultural. Now there is, uh, not yet, but at some stage will be predominantly uh, Muslim, um, but also we're definitely white, uh, is a minority in Luton and and so there's that challenge what does it mean to do church in somewhere like Luton and the realization that the church in the UK is going to be more or, or the UK is going to be more like Luton than Luton like the rest of the UK and that as churches here we need to learn on behalf of others what does it mean to to be church here and I, I've been learning that over the last 20 years. And I've realised that others are making the same mistakes as I have of seeking to, to plant in uh, multicultural areas without really understanding uh, of what that looks like and how do you become a multicultural church rather than a monocultural church. So... Uh, uh, that's a bit there's others about me uh so uh just to show some of the other things that i'm involved with linked into this is i i work closely and with muslims 
So I'm a co-founder and co-chair of a joint Christian Muslim charity uh, working in child sexual exploitation uh, with a premise that faith is part of the solution rather than the cause, um, uh, which has helped me build relationships and friendships with leading uh, Muslims in the town. Uh, I'm also working with black majority church leaders in terms of racial reconciliation and how white-led churches and black church churches can work together. And I think it's all part of uh, what it means to be church in uh, the UK at the, the moment. Great, thanks, Tony. And as you describe Luton, there's definitely resonance up here in Manchester as well, seeing a lot of the same dynamics that you're describing uh, experienced up here. I'm sure people listening in will... Uh, to greater or lesser degrees identify it where they're at as well. Um, just to uh, give a bit of a, a game plan for, for what we're going to do over the next half hour or so is this is a chance I've got a couple of questions to ask Tony about the course and about his own journey with multicultural church um, but also for anyone listening in this is a chance for you to ask Tony questions we've got the course launching tomorrow we'll give a a bit of a grounded on the topic but if there's stuff that pops to your mind either in response to what tony says now or just questions you've been wondering do use the facilities here on the zoom pop it into the q a and i'll try and make sure that as many of the questions that people have got are what we cover in the time that we've got together so it serves as well as possible um but just to um take us back in time uh, to, to when this started um, becoming a, a course that was in the works for broadcast. Um, it's really about a year ago, and uh, maybe slightly more, uh, that Tony emailed me and a few other people as well uh, and just suggested it, it, it might be profitable for a few uh, leaders of different churches or ministries to, to get together on Zoom to start thinking about and talking together about the topic of multicultural church and so we did that we had a few calls over the last summer really uh interesting helpful calls i got to meet some some great people on them some of whom i knew some of whom i hadn't met before um but tony why don't you just um share what what had been happening in you prior to that i know there's the the general reflections you've had over 20 years but something had been stirring in you to uh, take that step from thinking about it on one level to wanting to to do something around the topic of multicultural church and the church broader than just your own so what had god been doing in you how did you get to that point it's really understanding the the church in luton and the realization that there's a whole difference between having numbers of people from different nations as part of the church to enable them to really influence the church and the fact that we are meant to be uh, learning from each other and that no one culture has got all the answers, but we need all the different cultures. Mm -hmm. And and in particular, I, I guess, is in Luton, but not just in Luton, we need to find a way of how we reach out to our Muslim neighbours. And if we can't relate to people of a different culture who are Christians, what hope have we to reach out to uh, people who are a different culture and a different religion? And 
And, and so uh, learning through, through the George Floyd uh, situation and learning from others, learning from my, my friend Linda, who is part of the team here and is included in the uh, training course, of working with her on her journey as well as an Asian Christian as she learned about releasing the, the the Eastern side of her personality and the realization that she had trained herself to conform uh, to uh, white society, but her uh, and, and us learning together. And so, so one example. Uh, so, was on this journey, and then the incident happened with George Floyd, and. Uh, I can't remember when it happened, but but I remember on the Monday afterwards uh, having a conversation with Linda, who was absolutely devastated because we hadn't referred to it on the Sunday. Mm. And she just expected, because I had some sympathy for these things, that I would do it. And the realisation that I hadn't tuned in, I, I just didn't understand the depth of feeling that it had. And the reality is, I don't know of a single white church leader on that first Sunday who did anything about it. But I don't know of any uh, non-white leader who didn't. Uh, uh, the week after, we did, and lots of other white-led churches responded to it. But it was just a sign of a uh, lack of understanding of these things mm. and how we need each other. Yeah. And I think there is that journey of lots of people of understanding the need to become uh, uh, a multicultural mm -hmm. church. Yeah. But with the awareness that we were planting churches in multicultural areas without laying these things in the foundations. Yeah. Uh, and we did the same. We played lip service to it. And it was just this long journey to, to change, but thinking it's so much easier to lay in right at the foundations. And, and not just for the sake of it all, if we're gonna, God is sending the nations to us here in the UK, but if we're not uh, able to relate to people who are different than us, we're not gonna reach them. Mm. And one of the things that I have been sort of saying, we need to become and, and learn from each other uh, as, different cultures so that we can then reach out to others and bring them in and that I think is what's needed but actually so much easier to lay that in the foundations of a church and, yeah and so, so I, I'll, I'll keep wrapping it on the, the other thing that stirred me is the fact that we're not reaching, releasing ethnic minorities to plant churches mm. or even to consider that they can do so. And so my goal is because of the whole issue in terms of people expecting white people to bring the lead, actually if we had some uh, people from ethnic minorities planting churches with multicultural teams, uh, that's going to make a lot of difference. Yeah, fascinating reflections. Um, thinking back to what you said about the uh, the George Floyd moment and um, the the different responses and the pace of responding. Sounds like that was a real um, cornerstone learning moment for you guys. Um, just wondering um, along the way, it sounds like there's been a lot of 
change that's happened at Hope Church from uh, planting maybe without as much um, thought into this area as you now would if you were doing it over to, to where you are now. Have, have there been some other moments along the way that you you pick out as real kind of catalysts for uh, for you seeing things differently, maybe putting new practice into play? Like what, what, what are some of the key changes that have happened on your journey? There were a few pioneers. Uh, I, I think of a young um, Nigerian guy who who joined us, and there was a big cost for him to join a white majority church. At the same time, another guy from a, uh, a young guy from Pakistani background, and just felt that they were called to to be part of us, but willing to pay the price and we learned from them being around but it was a long journey mm. uh, the the other thing that i think catalyst was we we run for a while as a, a drop in uh, uh during midweek where uh, it's a community drop in but numbers of people who uh, addiction problems or homeless problems would come along and they would come along to our normal Sunday meeting as well, but none stayed. It was too big and too uh, long and too uh, over their heads. Um, and so we felt called to start the four o'clock service, uh, which was designed specifically for people not used to coming to church mm. with short attention spans. Mm. And, and that grew and were successful but also then uh people then started migrating from the four o'clock service to the 10 30 service mm -hmm. and so we suddenly had in our midst uh people from a, 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 another different cultural background mm -hmm. uh, and really building a relationship with them and incorporating them and so we we not only had sort of multicultural in terms of ethnicity but also with very different backgrounds and to, to see that and to integrate them into the life of the, of, of the church uh, as helped us change yeah that's great um why don't you tell us a little bit then uh, off the back of these conversations you you had the thought to um get some of your th content your ideas but also draw on other people you know who have experience and wisdom around this topic uh, and, and bring something together into a course that could serve anyone who's wanting to explore multicultural church and particularly multicultural church planting and i know you've been working hard at it over the the recent months and uh, it's ready to go now why don't you give us a little um, taster of what we could expect if we were to to take the course but it starts, I think, it's really the need to be convicted that this is the right thing to do. And so uh, there's a, a, a section with Dave Devonish where he brings the biblical imperative of this. And I think that we need to be convinced theologically this is the right way to go. But alongside that, I, I think there is the... Uh, the emotional thing as as well of and, and so how different people from ethnic minorities 
feel in terms of coming into a predominantly white church. And and so the two levels, uh, certainly of conviction for me, is, is one, the theological, biblical imperative, but also experiencing and opening myself up to the pain of other people from different cultures than mine of how they feel and how they are treated in church and as i listen to more people from different backgrounds it just breaks my heart and i just and i i, I and i hopefully at the beginning of the course people will feel a, a compulsion that this is something that we need to do uh, because unless you're it doesn't just happen. The default is we we just build with people like ourselves. A multicultural church doesn't happen unless you purpose it to and insist and purposely put it in the foundations. So that's where things start. But then the rest of the course is uh, listening to and interviewing people about how they've done it and the practicalities and and what I really want to come through is not you, 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 you design it like this. This is what it looks like, because the whole point of it all is it will look different in very different circumstances. But there are key principles that need to be laid in and that out of that, the outworking of those principles ought to look different in the different circumstances. And so there's two uh, great sessions uh, from uh, multicultural church planters who have planted uh, multicultural churches in the UK. And, but they look very, very different. But the principles underlying them are, are the same. So, so I, I hope that will inspire people to feel that, that they can do it. Great. Um, so just to kind of move on to just a few questions about multicultural church and church planting generally. Um, so I, I'm imagining church planters who are hearing this and um, thinking, you know what, I agree, I'm on board, I'm totally there with you. Um, at the moment, what I have is six people in, in a living room uh, trying to scrappily get anything I'll take what I can get. Um, how does someone at such a fledgling stage when the people resources, the finance resources, the time resources available to them uh, are really low? You've, you've done church planting, you know how it goes. Um, how does someone like that start to integrate this thinking into what they do um, alongside everything else they're trying to do to get a church started? Well, I think one of the things that comes through is that it's much quicker to plant a monocultural church. And, and partly that is because it's all about relationships. And so it's much easier and quicker for me to build a relationship and a friendship with someone like me. So uh, I, 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 you and I, we've got a fair bit in common and so I know that we can build a friendship very quickly. With people who are different than me, I have to work much harder and it takes longer to build real friendships. 
And so therefore, starting a multicultural church, if you're looking to incorporate people from different cultures right in at the beginning, you've got to take more time over it. And you've got to move away from the time pressure that says you've got to do it quickly. You've got to take your time over it. Which And, and one the, the final uh, uh, video on the course talks about the fact that actually that has implications for financing. Because often it's our financing that forces us to do a quick plant as quick as we can. And so we need to think about that. Uh, but... But it's about looking to build relationships with people outside of our own culture, wherever they, they come from. Um, and that that can be, so it's a lot easier if you're planting from a base which is multicultural. And so you've got people from different cultures there. If you're not, if you're going in, it's about looking and building men and finding men of peace from different cultures where you are but it's, it's about building those friendships and if you haven't got the skills of building friendships across cultures then you really need to gain those skills be, before you can really start planting but but that's at the core uh, because and, and it comes through in some of the, the courses is that our relationships ought to be at a different depth than the world so, so actually, uh, as Christians, we're, we're meant to demonstrate a deeper relationship. And, and therefore, we need to spend time on building strong relationships cross-culturally. It takes, but they're so rewarding. You get, I learn so much more from people who are different than me. But it takes time. That's great. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, yeah, it just makes me me think uh, of something that you were saying to me just before we we went live about um, we we can often talk in terms of how multicultural we are by listing the number of nations that we have people from that nation present in our churches, which uh, is a good thing. I mean, we want people from lots of nations, but you you were saying that that's quite a a shallow way of thinking about it. It's not it's not enough. Um, but it's actually the relational stuff you were talking about. Um, how have you, how have you made that bridge within the congregation? How have you helped the people who you're leading? Because um, you'll be leading people who have that same framework you've just described. It's easier to connect with people like me. I'm looking for friends. These are the easy friends to make. What are some things you've found effective in? getting the, the congregation to own this and build friendships across culture? Well, I, I think it's, it, it, it's got to start with modelling. And that's why it's much easier to plant a church on these bases than it is to, to transition an existing one. So that, so actually, if, you, if you've started a church where there is multiple, different cultures represented in the core and their real friendships that are there, then that will flow through the church as a whole. If, you, if you're looking to transition an existing church, it's really challenging. And it's, it's first of all, by modelling. Secondly, it's by preaching. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's be honest, trying to transition Hope Church to be more like that 
we've lost numbers of people majority white people who really didn't like the idea of them having to build relationships with with others now they would cover it up with all sorts of uh, different good ideas and things like that but when it came down to it they weren't really wanting to be part of a multicultural church they wanted to be part of a white church with other nations there who would would fit in with them um, and and there's a price for it and every time that i would preach on these subjects without exception i don't do it all the while but every time i do i will have people from minority cultures coming up thanking me and saying about how it's so good that they feel that i understand it i would have white people saying why are you talking about this uh, we've heard enough about this get on and preach something else and, and i've even had people uh, talk to, we ought to be preaching the gospel why are you doing this not preaching the, the gospel and, uh, and it's just don't you understand this is the gospel <laughs> that uh, the, this is the heart of the gospel which is god making one new man in christ uh, but but it's it's hard work and this challenging because uh, unless it's laid into the foundations, people will join under other bases. And when you then seek to change that, the people will say, well, that's not what I signed up for. But it's about bringing people through, purposely looking to bring other people through into leadership or alum like us. Uh, and so that you have a leadership that benefits from different cultural perspectives, that, that's diverse in, in different ways, uh, and for it to run through the, 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 the church. But, uh, but it's hard work. So I, uh, the, the other thing that I experienced, to be totally blunt, I, I've had, uh, I, I get people from different cultures to lead different things, but the number of times you find well-meaning people go up to them and talk to them afterwards and say, that's not the way we do things here. Uh, and, and, I, and, and you don't find out about it. So, so sometimes we've lost people because of that. But there's me trying to say, actually lead it, but lead it in your cultural style. Don't feel you've got to fit it in. But it's a, it's a real battle to do that uh, and, and to transition to do that. It's so much easier to plant in those terms, to to, des to design the out so so the outworkings of how our services work, the structures of midweek meetings, and this they they come out of the foundations. They're the outworking of our principles, and it's so much easier to design them and work them through uh, in a way that fits in with all the cultures and learning from from the beginning than to change it later on. Uh, and that's the reason why that how a church will look, as will come through in the course, will be different, but it's how it, you, you apply those principles into practice. And what would be wrong is for anybody to, uh, to think, okay, this is what a multicultural church looks like, and, and this is what worship looks like. This is what preaching looks like. This is what midweek groups look like. You, you can't do that. 
it's actually allowing the different cultures to come together and finding the, the appropriate outworking in your situation. Yeah, that's great. It's, uh, it's really interesting thing about the, the leadership development side of it. And as someone who trains and develops leaders in, in different things, finding the balance between wanting to help people grow, wanting to help people get better with the gifts that they have and not wanting to force them to do it my way or the way others do it. And uh, that, that's a real skill, isn't it? Being able to to help people do things better in a way that's authentically them and their, their own cultural way of doing it. Oh, absolutely. And it's that they, they need such encouragement to do it. And if you've got a, 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 an established culture and they're looking to, to to bring something new to it, it comes at massive cost. And one of the things that I've had to learn the hard way is that therefore I have to really scaffold them, help them, encourage them, support them in that. that and, and just be yourself. Don't try to be like me. Uh, because it's so easy for, for people from an ethnic minority, it's easier for them, it's less costly for them to pretend that they're white people and to suppress their own culture to fit in. Uh, there's all sorts of battles in that. And, and even what, what comes through, and, and that's one of the reasons for doing this course, because we can have a mindset, even as a movement, that leaders are white and that uh, the, 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 we need people from ethnic minorities to to lead things. Uh, again, being blunt, the, the numbers of church gathering, leaders' gatherings that I, I, I go to, and you look around, and so uh, people from ethnic minorities do that all the while. I, I just do it now because I've learned to do it, to look at the, the ethnic mix of the gathering, and if you see people of colour, they're more likely to be people from Africa or elsewhere who are visiting churches in the UK. Uh, they're more likely to be that than Indigenous people in the UK who are part of the leaders of our churches. And uh, we need to change that. And we need to see Black and Asian, uh, other ethnic people, not just being part of our church clients, but leading them and leading them and using their own skills and their, their cultures to, to model something that's different and to gather uh, and not to, to plant a, a, a black church or a, a Ghanaian church or a Nigerian church, but from their background and their influence to gather people from other nations to, to plant and lead multicultural churches. Amen. Amen. Well, th thank you for, for sharing with us today and thank you for for what you've done putting the course together. Hopefully this will be one step, one small step maybe towards what you've just described. Um, just before we, we, we go, just to give people something to look forward to uh, for tomorrow, tell us what's your favourite bit of the course. So if there's one highlight, one session that you think particularly brings you to life, what is it? There's, uh, there's one interview I... I have with a uh, a guy from a Ghanaian background, Joseph, who in his own words is a reluctant church planter. 
he 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 found himself planting a, a church by default, but has planted a a truly multicultural church uh, using. Uh, his wisdom in terms of making sure that he's got white leaders with him, uh, but in practice has, has, has built a a model church. And he's a he's a lovely guy and he's just an inspiration, but but is an accidental church planter. Uh, but and it's a truly outward looking church. Uh, and so I, I just find that inspiring, and he is worthy of listening to, and and more people knowing that and being inspired by what can happen. Uh, and it's those, it's there's the theories of, of it all, and there's the people applying the principles. But it's the stories of people get inspired by seeing it can happen. Uh, and Joseph and. And the mirror one is with Tim Brown, who has planted a very different type of multicultural church in in, in Birmingham, uh, which has lots of uh, refugees uh, and is uh, minority white British. And it's so those two really uh, are, I think, well worth listening to, just to inspire us to what God can do. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Tony. Um, tomorrow, the course will be up. So that's your opportunity to listen to those two interviews and the rest of this great course. So it'll be up on the broadcast website, so it's thebroadcastnetwork.org. Um, also, we'll be sending it out on all the social media and uh, there'll be plenty of ways to find it. So get along, give it a listen. Um, yeah, Tony, thanks so much for, for serving us so well in this. We really appreciate all you're doing. And thanks, everyone, for listening in today. Have a great day.